According to Pfizer's very limited human trials, 87% of pregnant mothers lost their babies after receiving the shot. And for those who survived the deadly shot and are able to reproduce, their offspring's DNA is now forever mutated. There is now irrefutable proof that the mRNA vaccines are a deadly toxin, aside from the relentless debilitating spike protein that's keeping everyone who has been jabbed sick. The vaccines contain metals, metals that have been observed to self-assemble outside of the body, and most disturbingly, metals that assemble inside of the body. Studies show that these metals are found in the blood of 94% of those who have received a COVID vaccine. And these mysterious conglomerates of metal make their final appearance in the dead. All over the world, coroners are now finding that the arteries of the vaccinated have been clogged with mysterious growths, non-organic masses made up of conductive metals, such as aluminum, sodium, and tin. This is what's most likely causing all the organ failure and heart attacks. Heart attacks in our children. Two days ago, I, f I flew out my first 10-year-old with a heart attack, and I had to fight the doctor in the ER because he's like, 10-year-olds don't have heart attacks. And I argued back and forth for 30 minutes to force his hand to get an EKG to find out that he was had almost a complete STEMI, which is ST-elevated myocardial inf infarction, for which you could see it lit up on the 12-lead EKG. And he's like, well, that's not possible. And I'm like, well, he was just vaccinated yesterday. It is very much possible. At any given time, people are getting a hold of me and the nurse advocates at American Frontline Nurses to help advocate because, as you've seen, there is victim shaming that it does. Oh, it's anxiety. Oh, it's this. But in actuality, if they put down that it was a vaccine injury, the physician, the corporation, the hospital, the clinic, they actually won't get reimbursed. So it gets labeled as anxiety. According to the whistleblowers, the doctors are lying about the vaccine deaths to make a few thousand bucks. Is that why Trump has been pushing the deadly shots, killing our own children for a measly million dollars? Now that the truth about the deadly COVID vaccines is finally starting to break free, the mainstream media is shifting their narrative and blaming it all on President Trump. And they've already laid the groundwork back in 2016 when the herd was told to believe that Trump is literally Hitler. We should look at Adolf Hitler in 1929. He was a kind of a funny kind of character that said the things that people were thinking. Where Donald Trump takes it, I have absolutely no idea. But Donald Trump is a dangerous man with the things that he has been saying. You might argue that Trump is innocent, but he doesn't. He brags of all the lives he has saved. And the herd will believe what they are told to believe. It shows you how unpainful that vaccine shot is. So everybody go get your shot. It works incredibly well, 95%, maybe even more than that. It works incredibly well. It's a great vaccine. It's a safe vaccine, and it's uh, something that works. I recommend you take it, but I also believe in your freedoms 100%. When you have the vaccine, people that do, and it's a very small number, relatively, but people that do get it get better much quicker. That's a very important thing to know. Uh, they don't get nearly as sick, and they get it. They get better. Lindsey Graham's an example. He said, "If I didn't have this vaccine, yes. I would have died." And you know what? I believe totally in your freedoms. I do. You got to do what you have to do. But I recommend take the vaccines. I did it. It's good. Take the vaccines. But 
You got, no, that's okay. That's all right. You got your freedoms. But I happen to take the vaccine. The vaccines do work and they are effective. I am, uh, I think I saved many, I don't think, I know, I saved millions and millions of lives throughout the world. We could have had another Spanish flu. We could have had, you know, in 1917, close to 100 million people died, they say. But it was really bad. And now other countries are using our vaccines and, uh, you know, tremendous, they're tremendously successful. You're playing right into their hands when you sort of like, oh, the vaccine. If you don't want to take it, you shouldn't be forced to take it. No mandates, but take credit because we saved tens of millions of lives. Take credit. Don't let them take that away from you. Okay, so the president made news. Do you agree with that? Right. Both the president and I are vaxxed, and uh, did you get the booster? Yes. I got it, too. Okay, so... Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Powerful report. Powerful report reported by Greg Reese. Always on fire, always on top, always cutting edge. It's time. It's better to die on your feet than live on your knees. Breaking through the censorship and delivering raw, unedited content, it's Joshua Michael with Non-Compliant America. Welcome, folks. Welcome. Joshua Michael, Non-Compliant America, and we have a jam-packed day for you. Today is Saturday, April 27th, 2022, and can you believe it? We are spiraling so quickly into fall. And one of the main things that I want to cover uh, this afternoon is the lies and deception and how far we've come and where we're at in the state of the world and the state of our county and the state of our state and the state of our cities. Where are we at, and how do things seem so calm now before the storm? Well, it's not calm. There is a lot and lot and lot of things happening. As you notice, uh, we started it off with a great report by Greg Reese, kind of going through the steps of how they are trying to frame the entire COVID narrative and the CDC that is completely unraveling, getting completely fallen on its face and just completely imploding right now. And they're trying to stick everything to Trump, Um, which he does have a position in this whole thing. You got to remember, Trump was president when they locked down the country. Trump initiated Operation Warp Speed. He distributed the vaccines. He still to this day is defending the vaccines and saying that they are a good thing and he saved lives all over the world. But how quickly is it coming out now in mainstream media, things that we've been talking about for years, mainstream media is finally reporting because they have to. They have to report the effects of what these vaccines and the effectiveness that they didn't have and how dangerous they really were. 
And so that kind of runs in tandem with uh, some filings that have been going on locally uh, with our great team, Dr. Ely, uh, Lithicum, and Senator Kim Thatcher. And the things that they've been doing behind the scenes, there was an expiration date that happened at 3 o'clock in the morning today uh, to really determine the future for this filing and how it's going to happen um, that was filed quite some time ago. I think it was over 160 days ago. In regards to the fraud and the implications of the COVID-19 narrative and basically how they robbed taxpayer money out of the uh, pockets of the taxpayers in the name of COVID-19 for basically basic uh, symptoms and coughing symptoms and all these kickbacks that these doctors and medical facilities were getting in the name of COVID-19 and getting the taxpayer, which then propped up the fraud and allowed the fraud to happen. But we know now the truth, what really happened and what's going on. And we're going to see more uh, as things unfold, as we uh, unpack it in this hour. Now, thank you very much for joining me. We've got a little bit of a uh, little bit of things I want to cover. Uh, you can subscribe to my channel. One, if you're listening to this on 104.3 FM or 1220 AM, I thank you very much. Please support the radio station. They are working tirelessly to keep themselves on the air and to be uh, cutting edge and be able to reach the word of the truth and be the light in the beacon of hope. So if you're listening to on the radio, we really appreciate uh, your participation and thank you very much for listening. Now, if you're not able to catch this, uh, please tell your friends and family uh, about our podcast. It's noncompliantamerica.com. Noncompliantamerica.com is where you can go. Catch all my previous shows. Uh, we upload them every Saturday and uh, we're always trying to cover the new breaking news. Uh, and give you the state of the world with where we're at and what we expect to come. Now, before I get into the grand jury summoning and this filing um, that our wonderful uh, senators and the famous Dr. Ely uh, filed, before I get into that, I do want to cover a couple things that uh, that are going on that are on my mind. One of the big things is is that things seem calm right now, and it seems, and as great as this stuff is uh, associated with the CDC unraveling, doc, Dr. Fauci, um, you know, resigning after, you know, over 36 years or however long he's been in there forever. He's uh, the highest paid federal worker in the entire office, and he's been there uh, for quite some time. So what does it mean that he's resigning? Uh, it just means that they're moving on. They're moving on to the next phase. So don't think that these victories that we have are the end-all, be-all. This is the new state of our future that we need to do. We are going to have to fight tooth and nail every single day and sacrifice tooth and nail every single day in order to win. But we will win because these people are very, very weak. They don't have anything aside. Now, some people think money is powerful. It is. You can do a lot with it. But one thing that they're doing is they're creating a big digital space and a digital encompass uh, that's basically trying to capture your reality. And using all of these technologies like a cell phone and a computer and bots 
and AI to fully encompass your life to feel overwhelmed so you feel defeated. But all you have to do is shift that stuff aside and understand that these people are very weak. And if they had a leg to stand on with their morals or any real social argument, that's, the, that's their plan of attack. But the truth will always penetrate through those lies. And that's the whole purpose and premise of Non-Compliant America. That's what we want and that's what we stand for, is trying to uncover the truth and fight the truth against all of the lies that are out there and all the deceptions. And there's a lot of them. There's a lot of rats in this uh, state. You know, people that are standing uh, with an R next to their name or an I next to their name and pretending to be somebody. And we don't just fall for anybody because they come out as a Republican or a conservative, you know, or a constitutionalist, right? We need to vet these people out and find out who is going to best represent us. But there's a caveat to that. Based on the United States vision and who we are as people and the liberties that we have and the importance of preserving those liberties that we have, the pres preservation of liberties is down to us. We cannot just give Curie power to somebody somewhere thinking that they're going to take care of us. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, hey, Joshua, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to give you a car today and I'm going to put a million dollars in your pocket. People do not do that. That does not happen. You have to fight for your future. You have to fight for your family. You have to fight for your friends. It's up to you. So that individual responsibility and engagement is what's going to allow us to push through the finish line. And last night, I went to uh, Moore's uh, County Sheriff run, his big kickoff uh, event, Paul Moore. Uh, he's running for Marion County Sheriff, Constitutional Sheriff. Um, and, and it was an interesting thing because, again, there was a huge group of people there participating and engaging in life. People that may five years ago, two years ago, wouldn't have been there and been there to try to support an uh, individual running for standing for the people and standing with the people. Now, I know Paul. I've met with Paul. We've talked and, and engaged a couple times, but... Again, it's up to us to decide our futures. More of that when we get back. Broadcasting from the formal state of Oregon in FEMA Region 10, it's your host, Joshua Michael. Welcome back. Segment two, Joshua Michael, Noncompliant America. Thank you very much for tuning in and thank you very much for listening. We are just talking about the individual responsibility that we have to engage within our communities, to engage within our lives. And it's only up to us individually to preserve our, ourselves, preserve our liberties and engage in them. And the people that we're engaging with, they are magicians in trying to convince us that we don't matter and trying to convince us that we don't have a state, we don't have a preservation, we don't have a future. Unless we get on board 
with this AI robot takeover. Noah Harari the other day said, if, uh, if you don't get on board with us, you're either going to die or you're going to be a slave. That's, that's your choice. They've already decided your future and decided that that's what they're going to do. They've made their commitment. They've made their declaration of war against you and your family. And you're starting to see that unravel as the food supplies lessen, as the workforce depreciates, as people are dying all around you. They've already made their commitments and they've already inducted their poison shots into the public. And there's speculation that it may or may not be shedding uh, across to unvaccinated people. But we are definitely seeing a shift in the vaccinated, staying sick, being sick. They can't go to work. They can't function. They can't operate. Stage four cancer is just popping up out of nowhere. I know three people, three people in the past three weeks, well, four weeks maybe, randomly, just at the very blip, suddenly they went from healthy, normal to, oh, you got stage four cancer. Yeah, you're probably going to die. And so what do you do? Well, I mean, how do you, how do you circumvent that? The damage has already been done. The injections already happened. The poison sting has already happened. And the, the slow death has already begun. So these guys are sitting there, sitting back, buying their time, and just waiting for things to implode. And they're inducing some of the implosions, such as higher gas prices, which is uh, eliminating travel and or pulling more money out of your savings account. Some people are diving into their savings account now just to pay for gas and travel and do what they normally would have done and or have had a surplus for. But when energy prices have doubled, tripled, quadrupled, sometimes quintupled in some cases, uh, that is an involuntary tax that's happening on all of us. And so what do we do? How do we circumvent that? Best thing to do is always support local in any way and every way that you can. Uh, start accumulating hard commodities such as water filtration system, food storage, grow your own food, uh, store gas, fuel. Uh, there are some okay solar-based generator, solar-based systems that you can get. Not a long-term solution, not a high-capacity solution. But for example, if you got a small solar generator, <clears throat> And uh, basically, it's just a big battery pack. Lithium would be my recommendation for that. Uh, if you have a lithium generator, lithium battery pack, you could have it trickle charging during the day. Basically, it'll run your lights at night. If you have a wood-burning fireplace, uh, and when the winter comes, you could simply just run your house off of that solar generator. You're not having to run your big furnace or anything like that. <clears throat> but most lights are LED now, so they were really low impact as far as energy consumption. You could have something like that and run that at night. And then if you need to have a big charge, maybe have a normal generator somewhere, right? And that's how you could kind of navigate around when the power shuts off for long periods of time. Because I think the new crisis is focusing on, and you're starting to see this, one, they're gonna paint that Trump's a bad guy and he rolled it out. And technically he did, he rolled out the shot. He's still proud of warp speed and all of this. So we can go into that. I don't really want to focus on that too much because, again, I think that's a distraction. I think almost everything Trump does is a distraction, and, and he's been in the news for six years now. Six years, almost every day, there's always a story about something. He is the golden toad that he's done a lot of really good things. Don't get me wrong. I love Trump. He's great. 
But I think he was definitely misguided in this thing, and they set him up because we're starting to see it unfold. Because prior to, it was uh, Biden-Harris and all the Democrat talking heads all on. I wouldn't get that shot. I'm not going to. You couldn't get that with a 10-foot pole. You couldn't touch me with that thing. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do this. <clears throat> and then <clears throat> after they stole the election, kicked him out, set up all the January Sixers, uh, they're like, oh, yeah, everybody needs to get the shot. It's the same shot. It's the same vaccine. It's the same companies. It's the same people behind it. But suddenly their talking points shifted and they took all the credit and they encouraged it so much as threatened people's jobs and basically stated if you're not going to get it, then you're not going to have a job and you're not going to be able to eat. You're not going to be able to go to the grocery store. You guys remember all of this? And a lot of you, unfortunately, got bamboozled into believing the propaganda and believing the lies and the threats. The state of Oregon changed from being an exemption to an exception. And in the legalese, that's a completely different thing. But for the, the average person, they're looking at that. It looks like exemption, but they used it as exception. So you have to apply for an exception if you're unvaccinated and still working for the state. But the state workers stood up. They congregated together. They said, no, we're not going to do that. With the help of Pastor Lou, uh, I know at the River Church, huge advocate. He had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people showing up there looking for guidance because he was the only person at the time giving guidance on how to circumvent and navigate that because a lot of these people don't want the shot. The reality is most people don't want the shot. Most people don't love the shot. There's the fanatics and the radicals and everything else, but we always got those people. Regular people were lied to, manipulated, and bamboozled into getting it. And you have to remember that. But they still got it. doesn't matter if you wanted to get it or not. You still got it. And so there's ramifications that are coming down the pipeline, and we're starting to see it with the fabricated deindustrialization that's happening with the higher energy cross costs, uh, food prices skyrocketing, lack of food skyrocketing. The workforce is like diminishing down to nothing. Nobody wants to work. Now, is it because they're sick? Is it because they're on disability? Is it because they, you know, are getting unemployment still? Why are people not working? Because that's creating a toll on the environment or our workforce and our economy as well. And that we see it now starting to come into flourishing as the Fed is trying to combat inflation. The Dow had lost a thousand points on Friday, yesterday. So that's a big hit. There's a lot of things coming on. So the best thing to do is get prepared. We'll be right back. It's time to unmask the truth and expose the lies. The occupied forces do not want you to hear this broadcast. Breaking through the censorship and delivering raw, unedited content, it's Joshua Michael with Non-Compliant America. Welcome back segment three. One thing I want to talk about, you know, after everything else that we're talking about, is the importance of our mental state and our our minds. Our minds are undergoing uh, overwhelming attack constantly. It's being happening 
you know, just in a constant state of discomfort. And if you can find comfort and look inward and stop looking outward for comfort, look toward God, look toward yourself, uh, your internal clock, your internal reset, you can find a very powerful strength within yourself and be able to circumvent and navigate through the giant, massive hysteria that's going on all around us. And so it's very important to have and continue to have that relationship with yourself and that relationship with your God, with your with God, because that's where the attacks are going to be happening even more. It's going to seem seem hopeless. It's going to seem endless. It's going to seem you know, nowhere to go, there's nobody on board, there's there's no fighters out there, you know, a bunch of cowards everywhere, and, you know, we can't trust those people, which some of this is true. You need to be very selective on who you choose to associate with and who you choose to open up with. You need to make your friends come to the table, and you need to have these real conversations with them. Hey, if the power grid goes out, for 30, for 30 days or more, what are you gonna do? How are you gonna navigate it? Are you still gonna go to work? Is anybody gonna even want you to work anymore? McDonald's is gonna be closed. How are you gonna eat? What are you gonna do? These are real conversations that you should have in place, just like they did in the 50s with the, with the fallout shelters and everything else. This used to be a normal practice for societies and civilizations. In Switzerland, it's still a, a normal practice. They have fallout shelters. They have weapons storage every few miles in, in preparation, the Swiss, for a potential invasion. And they haven't been invaded for over 400 years. But they're still prepared and they still maintain their vigilance within their society. And, it, and it's, a, it's, it's a fabric of their society. So we need to make our Bill of Rights and our liberties and our practices as if we are being invaded because we are being invaded right now. A lot of you just don't know it yet. But they invaded us. We're here. We have a captured government, rogue agencies such as the FBI. You know, there's a bunch of rogue agencies in Oregon, DHS. DHS, I know for a fact, I can't come out with the story yet because I'm, it hasn't been filed yet, but there was so much overreach with DHS. And we have an example of that with Lindsey Graham that shoot, they did it to me. Uh, when I was on the radio two years ago, defying the lockdowns, telling people to take off their mask, literally DHS was knocking on my door, threatening to take my kids away over some fabricated story that somebody supposedly reported that was just completely unsubstantiated and just easily provably not true. But they were there interviewing my kids and bullying and trying to intimidate me into sending me a warning, basically stating, hey, be careful. Don't talk about Kate Brown. <sighs> Kate Brown. That turd should have flushed a long time ago, folks. But we've been asleep. Okay. So here's what I want to talk about. Everybody wants to talk about the First Amendment, and I, I believe all amendments are important. All Bill of Rights are equally as important. Most of us just don't know what they are. 
So the most important one that I want to talk about today is the Fifth Amendment. What is the Fifth Amendment? Everybody goes, oh, I'll plead the Fifth. Everybody, that's the most common thing. I'll plead the Fifth, which means you can remain silent. You have the right to remain silent, right? That's within your right. But what is the Fifth Amendment? It's, it's beyond that. It's being held accountable uh, for a capital, otherwise infamous crime. No person shall be held to answer for a capital or unwise infamous crime unless on the presentment or indictment of a grand jury, except in the case arising in land or naval forces or in the militia when in actual service in time of war or public danger. So let me break this down. Basically, you cannot be held to answer. You're not liable to answer. You're not forced to collaborate with these authority groups unless you've been indicted by a grand jury or land or naval forces or the militia are needed in time of war, notice where it says, or public danger. Now, this is kind of the premise of this entire filing that was done uh, by our great Senator uh, Lithicum and Thatcher and then the great Dr. Ely. The premise of this, and this is where it's sticky, and this is where I think the feds are going to argue against that, is because this says, or public danger. Based on the hysteria surrounding all the propaganda, they convinced the public that we were in danger. There was some mysterious virus floating around, and we had to get it. We had to protect ourselves against it. Therefore, that was the justification for the overreach, the lockdowns, the mandating of businesses closing. Keep in mind, according to the Fifth Amendment, there's an there's a end here. Nor deprived of life, okay, witness himself, nor deprived of life or property without due process of law, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. Now, I want to talk about this as well, because the federal government, a.k.a. Trump, declared an emergency uh, of public health emergency. And now this is where this is where they get all their powers. This is why our governor over overreached and shut everything down, started going after people. But there's this guy named Steve Powers in the city of Salem uh, who authorized and created a temporary injuncture to not require a permit on or around, I think it ended May 14th of 2020. So it was, an, it was enacted uh, April, I want to say early April, maybe even before that, to May. You didn't need a permit to, uh, what's it called? Protest, right? So this guy named Steve Powers... Uh, basically enabled free open reign, free open ability to protest. Well, what was happening around that time? Black Lives Matter came roaring through our capital and created all this controversy, broke a bunch of windows, made all this hysteria happen. Meanwhile, there was Christian organizations meeting at the park every Wednesday. They were getting shut down. They were getting bullied. bullied. They were getting intimidated. And they were being told that they needed a permit. So how convenient is it that all the permitting got waived a few weeks before Black Lives Matter came rolling through the town. Do you not think that there is a collaborated effort 
going on between our government officials and these rogue uh, organizations, nonprofits that are operating that helped meddle in the elections, which it was proven in the 2000 Mules documentary. Notice, here's what's interesting to me. Now, I don't know if it's because of a defamation. Maybe somebody with some legal background would be able to give me some insight on that. But in 2000 Mules, why did the uh, Dinesh not mention the five nonprofits in some of these cities that they were targeting based on the geo-tracking that they were doing to find these mules? Why were none of the nonprofits mentioned? Now, would that be considered slander? Or that just, can you be open-ended? Is there an open-ended question? So that's something that I'm going to ask Dinesh, and I'm going to see if I can reach out, because I, I got in contact with this team. Uh, is, is why were these nonprofit organizations, which were clearly meddling and clearly harboring uh, not only the mules, but the fake ballots that they infused into all of these ballot boxes. Why were these organizations not named? That's a good question because we need to know who our enemies are. We need to know who the communists are. And it's very relevant if you can do a little bit digging, just look one degree away, you can find out a lot about these people and who they really work for and what their attentions really are. So this individual that works for the city council uh, waived the permitting a few weeks before the riots started in Salem. So they weren't required. They had no legal authority to shut them down. How convenient. But then shortly after that, almost immediately following that, like I'm talking a week, and the only reason I know this is because we were applying for permits to be running our open Oregon rallies and anti-mask rallies at the Capitol. And there wasn't a permitting process needed because it was all open. So it's just really interesting um, that. But I digress. Back to the Fifth Amendment. And let me talk about the importance of the grand jury, which is tied in with the Fifth Amendment. The grand jury essentially is the hidden fourth branch of government. And that's the power of the people that we have to determine what's law and not. Essentially, we are and do become the judge. And there's a great article um, that uh, I'm going to go through in the next segment following what is a grand jury, how does it apply to the COVID uh, emergency use authorization, and how do we navigate and circumvent that to tie that in with this filing that was done uh, by our great senators and Mr. Dr. Ely, um, and what it all means and where we're at in this state and what's going to happen following that. Stay with us. It's better to die on your feet than live on your knee. Broadcasting live. It's Joshua Michael. All right. So what is this all about? What are we going to do? How are we going to navigate? How are we going to circumvent this globalist takeover that's happening down to a county, down to a city, almost down to a molecular level of us tracking us, trying to corral us and put us into these digital gulags and literal gulags that are being fabricated and created, a.k.a. FEMA camps that are being put everywhere. How are we going to circumvent that? 
best thing that we can do, the most thing that we can do is just have faith. Have faith in your future. Have faith in your fellow man. Understand that connection that we have as individuals is what is under attack. So if you haven't hugged your child lately, go hug your child. If you haven't, you know, enjoyed life, sat outside and smelled the roses, go out and do that because that is the medicine that is going to lead us into this fight as the light darkens. We, are need, we need to go down before we go up. We have to go through misery before we can survive and learn how to survive. Suffrage is the catalyst to change. Do we dream reality or is reality a dream? To quote William Cooper. Okay. Want to talk about grand jury and the importance of grand jury. What is a grand jury and why are they focusing on this lawsuit, this federal filing? Um, they filed it in the United States District Court. Why are they focused on the, on the grand jury solution? Now, this is a great article. I can't get into all of it. I'm going to put a link uh, in my podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, noncompliantamerica.com is the best way to find our podcast. If you're listening to on 104.3, just type in noncompliantamerica.com and you'll see our latest podcasts up there. Why are we focusing on grand jury solution, which is the Fifth Amendment? Pfizer, Biotech, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson currently cannot be sued by American citizens injured or killed in the experiment, experimental COVID injections. The first and the oldest protection is dated back in the 1986 National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, 42 U.S.C. 300 AA. The second is the Public Readiness and Emergency Preparedness Act, the PREP Act. So we can get into that. Basically, what that does is that protects these criminals from any liability, and we talk about this in droves, but these are the actual um, uh, USC codes that protect them. Since 1986, essentially all the vaccine manufacturers have had protection from liability. Now, why is this important? Why do they call an mRNA shot a vaccine? It's for this very reason here. Technically, it's not a vaccine. They call it a vaccine. Legally, they don't call it a vaccine. But legally, as considered a vaccine, if they call it a vaccine, they fall under these protections. And that's why they did this, is to fall under these protections. Because they knew it was a disaster. And it's all coming out no, now that they openly admitted that they knew that it was a disaster. They openly admitted that it was not going to work. They openly admitted now, which is why the rats are leaving the sinking ship and everybody's leaving. They're trying to pin it all on Trump, which he was responsible. And he still has yet to come out about it. DeSantis has come out on it and said, hey, I was misinformed, uh, but uh, these things are terrible and we're going to reverse them in every way we can. We, we're sorry and we apologize. That's what Trump needs to do. And he has not done it yet. So what are they going to do? They're going to set him up. Now they're going to blame all of this death, all this dysfunction, which they're going to say, oh, yeah, we knew we told Trump and he just didn't listen. Because his bold-headedness, right? When they misinformed him, they lied to him. They set him up. But what is a grand jury and why is it important? Grand jury is an independent legal authority empowered by the U.S. Constitution, case law, and history. A grand jury is composed 
of everyday people, that's you and me, entrusted to investigate any and all allegation of felonies and criminal activity in a particular, which is what this filing is, willful misconduct by public officials. Grand juries possess, this is the important thing, they possess the legal authority to indict anyone believed to be guilty where evidence and testimony substantiates and allegations of criminal activity. Once indicted, the alleged criminals are required to stand trial or seek a plea bargain. So just like the January 6th committee is sitting back and indicting all these people, Simone Gold's the one of the America's frontline doctors is in jail right now. I don't know if you guys are following uh, her story, but she's been writing letters um, in prison, in federal prison, for simply going into the Capitol. All she did is went into the Capitol. Didn't break any windows, didn't do any violence, nothing. But now she's sitting in federal prison right now. But the grand jury basically allows us to indict whomever we want. Now, I've been on grand jury. I've served in grand jury. And I will say, um, it was not at the time. I was 19 at the time. Uh, and that was quite a long time ago. But uh, we were not an informed public. You know, if you've been in grand jury before, the DA comes in, the police officers come in, and, and they kind of they direct you in what you need to do but they need you to get uh, the jury to vote on it in the room to sign off on, you know, either a cell phone warrant. They want to wiretap somebody, so they've run it through a grand jury. Or they need to indict somebody on a felony case. They have to present the case of what evidence they have that concludes it being a felony. And it's usually pretty cut and dry and simple. But it's important for the, the jury of the peers to sit before th- uh, the district attorney and for them to present the evidence to for us to decide whether that person is and or committed a crime and if they if the DA can move forward with pursuing that individual now most of the jurors that I sat with at the time uh, they didn't care they were just there serving their time and this is where an informed public is so important. That's why the show is so important. That's why we strive so hard to educate uh, you guys in every way and get you to think for yourself because of things like this grand jury. The importance of these people and they have potentially overseeing this case and or deciding if there was real malice or misconduct by these public officials, which we know who they are, but just to name a few off, uh, Alex Azar, Brian Moyer, uh, Robert Redfield, Rochelle Walensky. Um, and these are just the officials that were working at the CDC and collaborating with the CDC on allowing this nonsense to move forward, on allowing these shutdowns to move forward, the misappropriation of funds. This uh, filing states that there's over $3 trillion dollars that were robbed essentially from the U.S. taxpayer and misappropriating the funds to distribute to these hospitals. That's why you had nurses on TikTok videos doing dancing in the background and doctors essentially in there, in all their PPE uh, outfits and doing TikTok videos with the hospitals empty, parking lots were empty, full-fledged security, full staff, 
Nobody was showing up. Nobody was sick because nobody had COVID. Nobody was dying at the time. But they had to set a precedent. Um, yeah, so Jones over in uh, Hawaii, uh, I think he was one of the first ones in, in, in May, he was going to the hospitals and showing how the hospitals were empty. But then he would show the uh, news report from the night before, and it looked like you know there was a massive epidemic going on over there. So we all know what the fraud was. We can go back and forth on it. We're running out of time here. We're getting ready to wrap it up. But I do want you to remind you, it's very important to stay vigilant. Uh, an informed republic is dangerous. So get informed. Get active. Go out to these events. See what these political speakers are about. Do your homework. Do some vetting. And more importantly than ever, get prepared. Get prepared for the unexpected because we know we are heading into an election year, the midterms. They're going to try to steal it again, and we cannot allow them to do so. Thanks for listening. Joshua Michael, Noncompliant America. 